Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Oh, oh yeah. What do you got there? You have some welcome to LA. Welcome back to LA food there, or what do you got? The first meal I had back from Los Angeles last night was McDonald's. Oh, really? Well, we were, you know, we got off the plane. We were just starving, and it was like we were stuck in traffic, and it was late. You know, it was like 7 p.m., and and the kids were hungry, so we just did it. Okay. So I had a quarter pounder with cheese. It was delicious. Okay. It was delicious. I always feel guilty about giving the kids McNuggets from McDonald's because – you know those the the McDonald's chicken nuggets I find to be the most synthetic. Sure, sure. But but you know the kids love them. They do. They look at it as a little treat. Just don't give it to them every day. You know what I mean? No, no. They really like those things. It's just though. the last fun surprise of their vacation is to get a nugget. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, speaking of nuggets, I don't, do you want to? I have a story to tell. Do you want to do? Yeah, I want to tell some stories. <laughs> That's why we're here, right? But do you want to like plug anything? Oh yeah, let's or? plug. I'll plug real quick. Real quick, okay? Let's do it. Uh, we got a bunch of dates coming up, and the tickets are on sale, so people got to go buy some tickets. March 11th, we're going to be in Vermont. We're in Burlington, right? Kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs, right? Magic Hat Brewery, and we're going to go drink kegs and eat eggs. Something to that effect, yeah, <laughs> or drink eggs and eat kegs. Okay. I'm not sure. I'll, t- I'll do either. I'll do both. Fuck it. Um, but no, people are in Burlington. they got to come see us, right? I'm sure everyone knows about it in Burlington. It's probably a big thing, right? Big deal. Those beer Kegs festivals. I've been to a, a beer festival in Burlington. It's oh, you have? Deal. Okay. I've been to one or two beer festivals in my life. I'm it's looking forward to it. a way to spend the day. Okay. That's March 11th. The next weekend, uh, March 18th, we're going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, one night only, Laugh Fest, right? Sponsored by Gilda's House. And it's a big comedy festival all over Grand Rapids, I guess. And... Um, we are going to be doing two shows at that Saturday night, I think like a 7.30 and a 10, at the Wealthy Theater. Is it the Wealthy Theater? The Wealthy Theater. Uh, in Grand Rapids. And I just threw it up on Facebook, too, so um, people, you know, go get tickets. You can go to heffernandlemmy.com. There's a link there. Laugh Fest. That's March 18th, the day after St. Patty's Day. Hopefully everyone will be calmed down by then. You know what I'm talking about? There'll be some hungover Irish people there. I know. I know. Or all the non-Irish people will be coming out that night, right? Sure. All of your people. The, the coast will be clear. And, right. and your people, too, Queen, because you don't like St. Patrick's Day. I know, but my, my people are the Irish people. Yeah. Pug-nosed and freckled, right, Let me. And red-headed. <laughs> you forgot that part. And red-headed. Um, okay, later on in March, March 30th through April 1st, we'll be in San Francisco, Cobb's Comedy Club. The return to Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, March 30th. So get your tickets. Those are on sale now. Always yeah, fun to go to San Francisco. Up, just went on sale. They just went up. The link's on com or go to Cobb's Comedy Club. Get some ticks. And then uh, I'll throw one more out. Late April, we're going to be in Winnipeg. Back at Rumors Comedy Club. That's a great place, man. I'll be excited to go back there when it's not snowing. Although maybe it snows at the end of April in Winnipeg. I don't fucking know. It's still, it's, I don't know if it's going to be snowing. It's still going to be snowing. Okay. Right, we well, we booked here. that one. We've decided, we've determined that it's best to go do live shows in Canada in the wintertime because in the summertime, nobody comes to your shows because they're Sure, out. they're out having fun. Catch, having catching fun. the walleye. You know what I'm talking about? 
I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, so Burlington, Grand Rapids, Michigan, San Francisco, California, Winnipeg. Uh, come on out. Come on out, everybody. And uh, go to halfrenlemmy.com. You can sell the tickets, et cetera, et cetera. All right, those are the plugs. What, I, I uh, interrupted you from a story, from a, an amazing story that you had. Because you just well, got back from your vacation, right? This is why our podcast is a little bit late. But you got back on vacation, and here we are. Yeah, back from Miami last night. And so, you know, it's um, when you're traveling with uh, small children yeah. across the country like that, it can be difficult on them for a variety of reasons. Number one is their bowels get screwed up. Number two, um, the time difference really messes them up. Right. Number three, they're disoriented. You know, like uh, little kids, five and under, don't, they can't really grasp the change of scenery like they're stupid they're stupid admit it they're stupid kids under five are stupid they're they're really (laughs) stupid like they every day they said are we going home can we go home today can we go home today and it's like i already told you we have two weeks here right you know but they don't understand what two weeks is sure they they don't understand what a day is they understand what tomorrow is and today um and did you get mad at them though you're on fucking vacation. Jesus. Stupid. No, but it's like you, you realize. Someday you're going to embrace this vacation shit. But so here's so here's what happened. So we, you know, our flight was um, whatever, six hour flight. You yeah. know, obviously we got to the airport a couple hours in advance. You know, they're on the airplane. Now, I said my my kids, my youngest kids bowels were uh, affected. Like, so he hadn't pooped in a few days. Oh, boy. And so and but, but like. You know, we knew that he was trying to push something out, but nothing was coming out. Right. And yeah. So finally, we got home. It was like seven thirty. We're like, kids, you're going to take a tub, and we're going to, you know, get in bed. Sure. And so, so the little one gets in the tub. Right. And I come to find the older one. I'm like, you know, are you going to take off your clothes? And he's like, I want to watch TV. And I said, No, we're taking a tub. And he's like, But I want to watch TV right now. And I said, no, I already told you we're taking a, a tub. Be firm. So he, Be firm. He, he starts to cry. Right. Because he's dumb. And he's tired, too. Because remember, like, at 730, sure. it's actually 1030 p.m. on the East Coast. So, like, he doesn't even know why he's right. freaking out. But he's exhausted. Right. And so I'm like, you have to get you have to get in the tub right now. And he starts, like, throwing a fucking tantrum. Okay. Oh, brother. And you're like, so, like don't you not appreciate the fact that I just took you on a vacation and you treat me like this? You yeah, you know thing? how much money I spent. You know how hard I have to. You little, like, okay, yeah. You ungrateful piece of shit. What the? So I put the young one in the tub, and the older one. He's you know he's five. He 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 finally he sits on the potty and he's sitting there and he's he's crying on the potty. <laughs> You've been there often. And uh, you've cried a few there. times in the potty, Lemmy. And I oh I always cry on the potty. You know me. <laughs> and so I looked over my like the the two and a half year olds in the tub. And there are three logs of shit in the tub next to me. <laughs> hey, and you I'm, worked it out. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, my oh my God. So, like, I pull him out immediately. Right. And then my older son is crying. And he's like, I don't want to take a bath. And I'm like, hold on a second. And he literally, he's crying so loud that I had to, I had to yell at him. I've, I very seldom raise my voice to my Sure, kids. sure. But yeah. when I do, it's it's for a reason. Look out. I, Look out I when said, you do. Stop yelling right now. Like, I shocked him. Yeah. And, like... I think sometimes it's good to shock him a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I shocked him. And then I was like, honey, I need you. <laughs> and so then my wife came running. I was like, you know, he shit in the tub. And so my wife was like, oh, God, oh, God. Okay. So then, like, 
I got him and like I rinsed him off. Right. In the shower. <laughs> right. And so my wife is dealing with the, the shit in the tub. My kid is, is whimpering on the toilet bowl. Right. I, you know, I clean my kid's ass, whatever, like the one who pooped. And I, I, I put him, I let him run free. He's naked and he's running free sure. in the house now. Like my wife hands me a poop bag and I, and I catch the two and a half year old running around the house naked. And he's, okay. He is uh, on the carpet in the living room. He's standing with a turd between his legs. Oh, Jesus. He, he's taking Not a all shit. Okay. He's taking a shit on the floor. Okay. And it's between his feet. Oh, God. Do you rub his nose and in I'm it? Like, I'm like, don't move. Don't move. And he jumps up and fucking lands right in the shower. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. And I pick him up. Now I've, I've got him, and there's shit all over. I need another vacation. Beat. <laughs> and, but this is like, like we're exhausted. And we're sure. like, we're going to go home. You know, we're like, we've, we've eaten. We're just going to put the kids right to bed. We're going to go right sure. to bed. Now you get shit everywhere. Yeah, so now I have to bring him back to the shower, and I'm literally like, I'm holding him, trying not to get shit on myself. We got the shower on. I'm holding him <laughs> onto the shower. He's never showered before. Okay, so he's that's freaking him out. About that, right? There's now squashed shit in the living room on the carpet. Oh god! My wife is dealing with that. My other kid is crying. <laughs> he's starting to cry again <laughs> on the toilet. That's how I got home last night. Jesus, that blows. You know, now it's like I'm looking Welcome at home. In the car, in the carpet, there's like, you know, my wife did a good job cleaning the ship, but you can see like a slightly different color over there. It's not good enough, I guess, huh? Yeah, hey, honey, <laughs> learn how to clean the carpet better. Hey, what's the matter? You never cleaned shit out of a carpet before? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, let's get into this. All right, let's get into this. Uh, uh, the reason we're definitely got to get this thing done this week is because uh, the Oscars are Sunday night, and uh, the Chew Crew wants to hear our picks, man. And they want to know who's going to piss on whose foot this year, right? I'm o- I'm Owen too. The last two years I've won and I've pissed on your foot, and uh, the ongoing bet is uh, we pick the Oscar, and uh, loser gets his foot pissed on, right? And yeah, then we and share that last, with the crew. Yeah, and last year's was a squeaker. It was it came down to the best supporting actress, right? And I think if I remember correctly, neither of us had seen. We each bet. On a different one, and you won. And I won, yeah. And I didn't see the movie, but I, I picked it correctly. Yeah, and I was walking through an airport, and I saw that your pick won. Right, and that was and the difference funny. maker. Yeah. And that was the piss on the foot maker. Yeah. So I'm excited to piss on your foot again. Um, but we're talking about we, we're going to do the eight eight categories, right? So all the acting categories, director, best picture, and then the, the writing categories, right? Screenplay, adopted screenplay, yeah. Okay. All right, so that's, that gives an eight. Uh, category sample. I, you know, I, f- I fear that the same thing is going to happen this year. Okay. Because, and I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll, I'll wait until we get into it to, for my explanation on that one. Yeah. Because um, there's a particular movie that I think fucks everything up. Okay. I mean, there's a there are a lot of favorites, and there aren't a lot of categories that are uh, assumed to be toss ups. There are only a few. Exactly. And. Exactly. Um, you know, and I'll tell you this, Lemmy, because I don't yes, know if I've told you this yet. I have watched every single Best Picture nominee. Okay, so I have seen them. all nine of them. You've really you've seen Moonlight. Yep. Good movie. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get into it. All right. Um, do okay, so uh, we are betting on who we think is going to win, not who we yes. want to win. 
No, no, it's not who we want to win. Right. We're I betting mean, on who we, we think. Include, sure. We can include who we want to win. Well, I'm sure that will come up as you discuss it, but, you know. Yeah. So let's do actress in a supporting role. Okay. okay. Let me read off the nominees. Viola Davis, Fences, Naomi Harris, Moonlight, Nicole Kidman, Lion, Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. I've seen them all. Uh, I've seen I, them all. I have not seen Lion. Oh, Lemmy. Yeah. Uh, do yourself a favor. I really like Lion a lot. Really? Yeah. You're not you're not lying when you tell me that. No, I'm not lying. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Good one. Will, will I be crying if I see Lion? Yeah, absolutely. You will cry if you watch Lion. Oh, shit. Okay. Absolutely, you will. Okay. You. You. I'm talking about you. Not in America, not the world, but you. Me as an immigrant. Uh, as an immigrant, as a father, as a son, as a, okay. you know, as a human being on the planet okay. Earth. My problem with this year's Oscars is the movie Fences. Okay. Seen it. Okay. Because okay. here's my problem with Fences. Like, I watched that movie. Yeah. And it's the kind of movie that I don't like. It's the kind of Oscar movie that I don't like to watch because it's just so fucking heavy. Yeah. And like Heavy dialogue or heavy content? Heavy everything. But, like, that's, a, but that's the problem with – I mean, that was, the, I feel like, this year all the movies – you know, yeah. they should call them the Mopies instead of the Oscars or the fucking, what up, coin it. The, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it's like there's very little joy in a lot of these, <laughs> no, <laughs> in a lot of these they, movies. Like, they're not La-La the entertainment value. While they're great movies, it's just like the, a lot of them are like getting hit in the face when you're watching them. You know, what I mean, because they're not uh, comfortable, fun movies to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, like like Manchester by the Sea is like, especially for a parent, it's just like, oh, brother, like, here we go. But sure. it's kind of like, frankly, I found it to be kind of like drama light. Had some, it know? had some jokes in it. It has some jokes in it. It's got a lot of comedy in yeah. it, but it's, it's, it's still, it's heavy, and it's, you know, it makes, it's emotional, but it's still like, you watch Fences. Fences is just like, you know, Denzel's just yelling about shit. Sure, and, sure. Like, you know, my problem is that I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy Fences. Right. And my feeling, though, is, you know, from reviewing all of this material, is that uh, my pick is Viola Davis. Yeah. From Fe- now, she's great. Fantastic. She's- and you know, Really best I- actress, though. Really, she's, you know, she's the best yeah. actress in that movie. Yes. Well, that's- and she's a lead. I don't even know why she's supporting her role, but she's, you know, you know I know that's been yeah. the knock on her. But, yeah. but there's, a, there's that every year, right? They've got some people who are. Yeah. I guess know, it's who you, anyways. yeah. She's my pick. Yeah, she's uh, my pick too. You know, I think I think Naomi Harris did a great job. Nicole McKibben did a good job. Octavia Spencer. I think there were other characters in that movie that were a little bit better in a supporting role. And then Michelle Williams, fantastic, but really one like a one scene fantastic. Like you know, like yeah, she is that scene. one devastating scene, which is so amazing. Yeah, uh, but she's not as prominent, you know, in the movie as some of these other women yeah well that's i mean i think that's that's i, I thought she was great in that movie but uh but yeah it's it comes down to one scene for her yeah um, but i thought viola davis was fantastic in that movie yeah i well, mean you know her it was a consistent and consistently powerful yeah performance but it's really a best actress performance but i'm, I'm gonna give it to her we're both gonna give it to her so we're both okay, in so that we're, world we're, we're there yeah we're tied there okay Supporting actor. Supporting actor in a supporting role. Another situation where Dev Patel 
kind of more best actory situation than best supporting actor. I know they they do it because you know half the movie is the little kid and then the half the movie is the grown up kid. But he's the he is the lead actor in the movie, and so yeah. it's a little bit weird that he's in the best supporting. I think. Yeah. Again. Yeah. No. But sure. does a fantastic job. Yeah. Good looking in the movie. That was the thing I was amazed about. I was like, like there were a lot of like, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but in the trailers, like he's like smiling, he's got big long hair. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of him in a different, like a more, a little bit more goofy, you know. But in this movie, he was a he was a, a good looking, did a great acting job, uh, guy. I thought. But I, I thought all these guys did a great job. I thought Michael Shannon. I, did you see Nocturnal Animals? Yeah, I really liked Nocturnal Animals, and I really liked Michael Shannon in it. But that's also like. I just really like Michael Shannon. Me everything. too. I really like Michael Shannon, and I like him in that. And you know what? I mean, the thing about Nocturnal Animals to me was I I appreciated how they combined kind of two things to get a certain kind of a revenge story told, yeah. you know what I mean? But I actually enjoyed the revenge story part of it than the other part of it. I find myself wanting to be in the actual revenge story with the family as opposed to being in the... Oh, you mean the novel, like the novel part? Yeah, I wanted to be in that part uh, more than I wanted to be in the Amy Adams part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do know what you're uh, saying. I mean, that's the, that but that, the is, that story's been told. Like, That's a very conventional story about the the revenge kind of story of it, and then um, they fi- we were trying to find a way, I think, to present it differently. But I, I enjoyed that part of the story better. Well, they, they did a good job with it. And I actually, like, I, you know, some people have... I didn't realize that some people have a problem with the ending of that movie. I loved it. Uh, I loved that ending. And I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. I, I really like that ending a lot. Yeah, essentially the movie should just be called Fuck You. Yeah, Fuck You. It's, what it yeah. it's a Fuck You ending without giving yeah. anything away. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe these are spoiler alerts. I don't know. Um, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Lucas Hedges, um, so, Manchester by the Sea. Good job. So here's what I liked about Lucas Hedges. Yeah. I think it's really hard to do comedy and drama, particularly in the same piece like that. Yeah. I thought he did a great job with it. Like he was, he really. First of all, he captured the essence of being a teenager, and you know that, that's really did. You're right. Involved in that film, you know, like yeah, he's a kid who's super confident, yet he's also trying to get laid. Yeah, and, and he's there's a, but know. there's also an awkwardness to him, and uh, you know what exactly I mean? that teen kind of stiff awkwardness to him. I thought he was really great. Yeah, I really did. No, I did too. I did too. Uh, you see, Hell or High Water, Jeff Bridges. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Also good, good job, very folksy. Yeah. Um, you know, my my problem with that movie in general, which affects my p- perception of Jeff Bridges' performance, is I felt it was the same movie as No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. but like a lighter version of it, like a version I thought that was uh, not quite as up to par with that movie. Although I really liked it, I just felt like it was aiming for that and didn't hit it. And so then you're like, oh, you then you start comparing Jeff Bridges to what Tommy Lee Jones does in that movie. Sure, sure. No no knock on the film. It's just... Yeah, uh, I mean, Jeff Bridges is one of my favorite actors, and I love him. But I think that uh, I think that movie, if No Country for All Men is a home run, that's a triple. Or if, you know, No Country for All Men is a triple, then that's a double. You know what I mean? Well, just, and, and then that's, that's exactly a problem. It. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. You know, like a lot of times, I think that, you know, the performance is... A great performance in a movie that's not a home run is... Just not as good as a great performance in a movie that is a home run. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. Who's your pick? And then Maher Shala Ali. <laughs> my boy. He's my pick. He's my pick, too. Yeah. Uh, and I love that guy. I mean, like, 
That guy is like, he's like the new Denzel. He's like in every fucking movie, this guy this year. I mean, he's in like every TV show and every movie that is, not, that is hot now. It's like, he's also in Hidden Figures. He's in this. He's in Luke Cage. He's in fucking House of Cards. You know. Well, that, that was where I first. I feel like that's the first place I became aware of him. Yeah. In House of Cards. And I liked him in House of Cards. I thought he was cool. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about him in this movie is that he's such a great presence. He's like a, he can do tough and kind at the same time, which I think is a hard thing to do. I like his mustache. It's not a big mustache. A little mustache. I know, but there's something <laughs> I like about it. What? It's like, yeah, I'm not liking it in the Sam Elliott. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I just like it. It's like, it's a cool, you know, it's like, it's not a full mustache, and yet he wears it well. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's all. That's all. I thought he was fantastic in the movie, but I will tell you this, my criticism of it is, and it's, I'll, go, I'll talk about this later with Moonlight later, but it's like, that movie and a few of these other movies, dealing with, I know they're trying to like be narratively different and interesting, but it's like, they just don't deal with things. And it, to me, it feels like it's lazy. Like, that dude just disappears from the movie. I think you want a better resolution of a character who's a great character, and there's, you don't get that. It's well, just that's... time jump. He's gone. We don't really talk about what happened. We don't really care what happened. Uh, he's gone. That, well, that seems to be sort of like the current wave. You know, like, I like a movie with an ending. Yeah. This is my fucking problem, Lenny, with these, these movies. And I, they're good movies, but it's like Manchester by Sea, Moonlight. These movies decide that, that you don't need to have a third act anymore for some reason. Like you can stop well, at the end of the second act, and then everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, we don't have to do a resolution of anything. And I'm there to hear a story. So I, if I want to watch Slice of Life shit, I'll go watch a documentary. You know what I mean? But if you're going to tell me a story, resolve the story. That's, that, to me, that's good writing. Well, because here's – I'm going to tell you a little fundamental thing about storytelling, Queen. Oh, right? okay. Do it. A story consists of a beginning, yep. a middle, yep. and an end. Right. A, a, a good story is not a beginning and a middle. <laughs> right. That's what I say. Do you see? Unless you're doing like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you're <> – <laughs> yeah, but even that's bullshit. I, I agree. agree I agree with that. You're right. You're absolutely. I don't right. agree with a two-hour second of three movies. That's not a fucking movie. I paid. Sure. My, I paid my ten now twenty dollars to see this fucking movie. Sure. Give me goddamn ending. Give me. End don't it. give me fifteen pages of the book spread out over two hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's all the fucking middle one of the two towers was. Don't get fuck and and Matrix Revolutions or Reloaded, whatever the second sure. piece of shit was. But to me, that's why I can't get on board with some of these movies. Like. To me, that's why I wanted to love Moonlight, and uh, and I ended up liking Lion more than like Moonlight because it told a story with a beginning and a middle and end. Yeah, you know, it's my problem because I think that's the wave now, and people are like, "No, you can decide on your own what you think happens." <laughs> and like, no. people will knock us for saying this because hey, you're so conventional, man. Just like embrace the unconventionality of the fucking blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, no. I'm going to invest two hours in something. Tell me the story. Give me the story. Here, I'll tell you what happened. You know, I think I think at the end of Manchester by the Sea, Casey Affleck pushes that fucking teenager into the ocean, <laughs> kills another one. What do you think about that? That's my interpretation. <laughs> Might as well you be. Might as well be. Might as well. You're not right? telling me what happens. Because instead, the movie ends, you're like, and you're like, t- with your friends, you're like, what do you think happened to him? Like, do you think he ended up okay? It's like, well, that's not my job. Their job to tell me the story. I think they 69 on the dock. That's what I think. (laughs) 
Maybe. That's what I think. All right, so we're both picking the same best supporting actor, Mahershala yeah, I Ali. I think we're going to go same fucking people all the way through here. Maybe. I don't know. All right, let's do actress in a leading role. A lot of these I haven't seen. I've only seen one of these. Um, okay, wait, hold on. Which is weird. I... No, no, but it's but look, it's like, what are you going to see? Are you really going to go see Florence Foster Jenkins? No. And I know Meryl Streep is great. I love her, but it's not my cup of tea. No. I don't no, even no. like the premise of the, I don't like the, if you told me the log line, I'd be like, nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, right? don't, I, I don't, and believe me, I've been sitting on airplanes lately, and I see other people watching it, and I'm like, nah, still not, I can see her <laughs> doing her thing, I'm like, nah. Um, I'm sure she's wonderful, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, Natalie Portman and Jackie, like, my wife watched Jackie. And yeah. Like, How what? She, she was like, it was aight, and that to me is like a movie killer. My wife says it's aight, <laughs> forget it. I want to watch it. I, I want to watch it. I just, you know, I, I just, uh, it's been prioritized, and I can't, same same with Loving for me. Like, I, you know, I know the story of Loving, and I uh, appreciate the story of Loving, and I and I respect the story of Loving, but I just haven't watched it yet. You know, I just haven't done it. And you, and in general, you just like Loving. And I like Loving, bro. And L, I'm definitely not going to, I mean, I I'm just not going to see it. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a magazine. It's French. Right it's French. Greg Waugh would know what that movie is. My boy Greg Waugh? <laughs> yeah. Greg Waugh, savez-vous que c'est L-O-L? Oh, Isabelle Huppert. Oh. I jack off about her every day. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm full on Emma Stone in this category. Well, well, here's the thing about Emma Stone's performance. The movie started, and they show her at an audition, mm. and it's the one where, she, like, at, at, like, she's doing a crying scene. Yeah. And then, a, like, a person comes to the window of the door and starts trying to get the attention of yep. the casting director. And I was thinking about, like, just the behind-the-scenes of that. Like, to get that scene right, first of all, the actress has to nail it. Yeah. And, and then the person in the background, like, the timing has to be right. Yeah. And then their performance should be, you know, should be good. But, like, I, I was like, holy shit. Like, that's Emma Stone pretending to be an actress auditioning for a scene where she has to cry. Yeah. And her, the performance of those tears coming to her yeah. was so fucking good. It was so good. And you have to buy that performance in order for the greater scene to work, in order for you to appreciate the embarrassment and the uh, inconsideration and whatever it is of that scene that she's in. You have to buy into the emotion that she's conveying, and you do. And she's also, good. you have to, what, they, what they're trying to convey is that that girl... That actress in that movie, like the character, yeah, is delivering a great audition piece. Yeah, and it's getting wasted. And sh- and if it's like if that isn't good enough, then you're not buying it. And it you're was not into it. Yeah. It was perfect. Like her face yeah. twisted, oh, and the emotional. Came. Yeah, and it, that and I, I mean, think. and I think that's what's great about her performance across the board is that I, I watched it a second time with my ki- uh, my daughters because they want to see it, and like she does. That emotional stuff, fake and real, like in, in meaning in the context of her relationship, the ups and downs of her relationship, she does comedy, mm-hmm. really funny shit she does in the movie, charming yeah. and hurt, and she does the whole spectrum. And on top of that, she sings and she dances in the movie. Yeah. And, and one more thing. Yeah. Her character undergoes a transformation. Yeah. You know, I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say, like, at the beginning of the movie, she's... She's not where she wants to be, and at the end of the movie, she is where she wants to be, and she is a different person. Yeah. 
and she did a good job with that. She did. I thought she was fantastic in that movie. I mean, I, I know that she's the front runner, and I know it's the darling of everything, but she deserves it because I thought her performance was phenomenal. Yeah, it was phenomenal. But, you know, we all know Streep is going to take it anyway. But my, my vote so. is uh, Emma Stone. Okay, so, boy, we're still we're, we're tied here. All right, this is a toss-up. This is a toss-up category, I feel like. I think this is a little more open. Uh, actor in a leading role. Yeah. That's a little more wide open, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, and Denzel for Fences. I didn't see yeah. Captain Fantastic. I hear it's great. I haven't seen it. Have you seen Captain nor, Fantastic? No, nor have I seen Hacksaw Ridge. I saw Hacksaw Ridge. I saw Hacksaw I Ridge. I, I have some issues with it. I'll talk about that in the best picture. Okay. Uh, I thought Andrew Garland did a good job, though. Um, it's really funny because it's kind of like very similar character and very similar storyline to what he does in Silence, which was the mm-hmm. Scorsese film that wasn't nominated for anything. Right. Uh, uh, but it's really a guy struggling with the same struggle, uh, and just one guy is like Portuguese and one guy is from like Tennessee. So it's I a like just different accent. Portu- I like the way you say Portuguese. Portuguese and one is uh, whatever. So that was kind of interesting. I, I think he did a good job in Hacksaw Ridge, but I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna get there. Uh, Viggo Mortensen I think he's a victim you know I hate to say this and I hate to say this for the two crew because they don't have these same uh, not everyone goes to the same thing but we you know we get these screeners that's why we can watch all these movies it's not like I'm going to the fucking movie theater ten times you know here I'm watching screeners you know what I mean sure sure. and Captain Fantastic which I think was a Fox Searchlight movie they don't send screeners out for it yeah you know I think they'll give you a link maybe and you watch it on your computer or something but and I think that movie uh, it was the same way with the with the Selma one uh, a few years ago. It's like I think that movie gets hurt by them not sending screeners to the uh, to the people. You know, that's exactly what they do. They either invite you to a screening at a theater, which I'm not doing, or <laughs> they send you a link, which, as silly as it seems, I'm also not. Doing. I know. There's something about the link. I, like I want I want to watch the movies on my big TV, and I don't have it all hooked up. And just give me the fucking screener, I'll pop it in. But otherwise, yeah, I want to watch it on my TV. I want to watch it with my woman. With my fucking sound system, bro. Yeah, get all surround on that shit. Um, uh, so I, I think I I, I I I can't speak to his performance. I think Ryan Gosling, I think he does a really good job. You know, I think the knock on him is his singing skills in that movie. I think his dancing skills are great. I think also, and I've watched. Um, I recently watched Nice Guys. I don't know. Did you see Nice Guys? I did not. Um, he's got a great understated comic presence I feel like and I think he has a great physical presence like when he sits in a room and listens and he sits in a room and has a conversation he has a great presence I feel like I agree with you he's got a very dry comedic sense of humor very dry like it's really funny to me also like you'll watch movies and forget how long he's been around and how he's a child actor and you see him in a lot of movies like I I was flicking through the other day and um, remember the Titans was on Right, the football movie about the high school football team. Yeah, and he's on the high school football team. He's like the goofy kid on the football team, right? And I was like, "Holy shit, there's Ryan fucking Gosling!" <laughs> and you look at him, and he's the fucking goofy kid on the Remember the Titans. To me, it's like that shit where you watch Statham uh, in you know those old diving videos when he was on the Olympic diving team, and you're like, "That's Jason Statham." I feel that way about Gosling a little bit. You see him, and you're like, "Because now he's such like a stoic, wry kind of guy," you know. And then you see those kid videos yeah. of him, and you're like, oh, shit, fucking Gosling. <laughs> yeah. 
but so La La Land, he's, um, yeah, you know, look, I, 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 I thought he did a good job and, um, funny, the know, piano stuff's great. We'll talk about it when we, we'll talk about it when we get to best picture. Like, yeah. I, I really like La La Land. I, you know, I think the music is probably the weakest part of the movie as yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Not, but you know what? I tell you what, I went back when I watched it the second time. It's one of those deals where now you kind of know the songs and then they're they're better. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But like but watching it, watching it. And this is no knock on Ryan Gosling cuz I can't sing for shit. Right. But like what I was aware of was that he wasn't a good singer, which doesn't mean he had a bad voice and couldn't carry a tune. It was just like it's not like like if you're thinking about movie stars who can sing like a Hugh Jackman for Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Huge jack, oh, man. <laughs> he, like when it comes time to belt it out, he can belt it out. Sure. That's, you do need, like for instance, I was watching um, the Michael Bolton Valentine's Day special. Okay. Which you recommend? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and it's like the opening segment. <laughs> yeah. Michael Bolton is singing song, and then it comes to the time, the last verse, where he just has to fucking belt it out, and you're like, right. Jesus, the dude can sing. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about that thing is like, even when he just voice like opens his voice for like. Two, two, three seconds, you, you can tell that there's like a certain Michael Bolton-esque power to it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like they would do, they would do those funny little transition moments where it would just be like, hey, 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 hey. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. holy shit, Bolton. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> but that's it. That's the difference. That's the problem is that like uh, uh, Gosling couldn't really, he, no. he doesn't do it. He doesn't have a strong voice. Yeah, they, he just doesn't do it. He doesn't even try to do it. Like, yeah. So all his stuff is very mellow and calm. And that's fine. He's a jazz. It's singer, fine. So. But yeah, but also, I mean, he was charming and funny. And I think like, you know, when he's dressed up like the Flock of Seagulls thing and, you know, it's that's funny shit, man. The guy does a good job great. of those things. So good. That was great. Yeah. I, I think it's between Casey Affleck and Denzel. And here and here again, this is this is my issue. Yeah. With them. Like, I actually, I enjoyed Manchester by the Sea more and I liked Casey Affleck more. Yeah, his like, you feel for his character, mm-hmm. and you don't feel for Denzel at all. Yeah, you and, don't. No, which is I think is very cool about it. But yes, yeah, but that's the, the problem is that it's like Denzel's thing is just like it's just sledgehammer. It's just hitting you over the head with this thing. I, th- I think so. Affleck yeah. is much more understated. That's and, the question to me, though. It's it's underacting versus you know the overacting. You know, it's like what what do people look for. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, like I think Casey Affleck is great in the movie, but he's super understated. I mean, there are times where he'll just sit in a scene and not say anything and just look at the look at his feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, whatever. Like, I know you didn't love Fences. I liked Fences, actually, for a couple of different reasons, but it's a, it's a tour de force, you know, and his character's a fucking dick. A dick. Like, a fucking dick at every level, you know? And at the start of the movie, you're like, oh, this is a respectable man who is just trying to take care of his family and he's working hard. And then it is unveiled to you throughout the movie how much of a fucking douchebag he is. And, you know, as a result of his own life. But he, you know, that's not a lovable character. I think he does no, no, a great job it, at it. It's great. Believe me, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. I, I already know who my, my pick, I mean, yeah. my pick. <laughs> yes. Is Denzel Washington because I understand what this film means to the Academy. Right. And to people who need, who require that as the demonstration of the best actor. And it's, and I'm not taking anything away from it. He's. Are you, you're talking about the, the kind of bigger over the top acting? 
it's just gigantic. And it's like, I mean, it is, it's a play, you know, like, yeah. The first 30 minutes, I was like, is he ever going to shut up? Well, that's the amazing thing, the amount of dialogue. And he's directing the fucking movie. And, to, you know, to me, I know he did it on Broadway, and I know that, you know, it became rope, but, like, uh, we've talked about this before, but I've directed a movie and acted in it, and the hardest thing to me is doing the characters' lines and remembering the dialogue as you're thinking about everything else, right? Sure. As there's 25 other things that, are th- that you're thinking about as a director, and this guy is delivering this massive amount of dialogue while he's directing the movie, which I think yeah. is, is fucking impressive. That is impressive. I do. Do you think, do you think that's... Um, well, so, okay, so, so Casey Affleck, I enjoyed the understatedness. Me too. Great performance. performance. Great and, performance. You know, whereas we're talking about the, uh, the, the, you know, the kid who played the teenager. Yeah. You know, a lot of those scenes are actually Casey Affleck and the younger version of, of that son character and so but Casey Affleck throughout the whole thing those scenes where he's like the cool uncle and he's funny and he's palling around with his brother and you know it's like he's funny and yeah. they, they did, did a good job and you know like I liked I liked how he was brooding and quiet me too it, it's like whereas you have on the one hand it was very kind of real and believable and you know and that's, that's you've seen those guys like, you know and I think that there is something, you know, we know from being actors, sometimes just being realistic is the hardest thing. Yeah. To act totally natural. And, you know, to me, like, I could identify with that. I could identify with those, not those specific feelings, but like those feelings when you really have something on your mind. And it's like, you don't want to fucking talk. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Um, and I like the movie better. But so. Yeah. I, I get wanna it. Give it. I want to give it to Casey Affleck. But we're both going for Denzel again. Yeah, both. I mean, I think Denzel, a little bit is who he is, and a little bit would be the bigger kind of role and the and the scope of the role and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think yeah. Denzel wins, but we could be wrong. But it doesn't matter. Now we're fucking still tied. Okay, let's go to the writing ones then. Okay, let me read uh, our our nominees. Uh, we have Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. I've seen all of them. I really like the movie Arrival, and and uh, you know Fences is. Not from a book. It's from a play. It's from a, a play. Yeah. You know, uh, Hidden Figures. I think it's uh, a great movie. I haven't seen Lion. And and then there's Moonlight. Yeah. What's your uh, choice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with Moonlight. <laughs> oh, so am I. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, I, I think Moonlight, I think it's a bit of a darling in, in certain ways. And I think a lot of times this may be a cop-out, but I think a lot of times they give some of these screenplay writing ones to the ones that are darlings but aren't going to win the best picture. And I think Moonlight is in that world to me. It's funny because the one I, I want to win is Fences. Yeah. And I, I guess it's because it's adapted from a play. Okay. And, you know, but I also like the concept of that. This August Wilson stuff is, is just like this working class african-american storytelling which i think has a very kind of unique voice to it you know what i mean it's like uh that guy is a son of a bitch in that in that thing but there are reasons why he's a son of a bitch based on culture and based on upbringing and based on whatever his life how it sculpted him and then he directs that son of a bitchness towards his kids you know what i mean yeah and there's a kind of an interesting generational cultural voice i feel like you know that maybe you know i don't i don't experience which i think is cool about it i think there's always something challenging about adapting something from a stage play because 
the stage play is designed to take place in not a lot of locations. Yeah. To try to get out of that uh, can be difficult. And, you know, I, I, like... Well, that's the knock I, on the movie a little bit, too. People were like, you know, hey, I want to go down to the fucking workplace and I want to go to the jazz club and I want to go to the hospital where that woman, you know, was having the baby and... I could, didn't get a chance to do that in the play because you can't do that. But the movie's going to give me an opportunity, right? And then he stuck. I guess he, you know, he was very true to the play, and so yeah, maybe he didn't take advantage of that. But I don't know. I sort of, I kind of liked in terms of a screenplay. Actually, I liked that they were. Well, that's the amazing thing about it is that you would not go see otherwise probably an August Wilson play. Like you wouldn't, I don't know, wouldn't it wouldn't occur to you to go see an August Wilson play. But now Denzel made a movie out of it. And now millions of people are being exposed to this play. And, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, okay, yeah. original screenplay, 20th Century Women, Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, and Manchester by the Sea. Original yeah. screenplay. Okay, La La Land, I think it's a great movie because of everything that goes into it. Yeah. The dancing, the, the, the set pieces, all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, story-wise, I don't necessarily know that it, it's a great screenplay. I think that the movie is a product of the vision of the director. Um, and obviously the screenplay sure. is part of that. But in this particular case, I don't think it competes with some of the other stories themselves. You know, yeah. the, story, the story of La La Land is still, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's a boy meets girl. Obviously, there, there's more to it than that. But, well, I think um, to me, the, the, the simplistic kind of great story of it is this choice that's at the center of it. Do you choose your dreams or your love, right? And some characters will give up love for their dreams and some the other way around. And that's the conundrum. And that's yeah. at the center that that's the choice that these people have to make. And I, I thought that's such a simple but great conflict no, absolutely. from a screenplay point but of view. That's, that's the thing. It's, it, as, as a conflict and as a setup for a story, I didn't think there was anything so unique about that. You know, to yeah. me, the, what's great about the movie is everything that goes around it. Sure. Um, you know, I, I like the performances. I like the direction. I like the dance pieces. That, that to me is what you know is is where the movie succeeds. You know, like for instance, like the lobster. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. It's weird. Yeah, but totally original. You know, and so like that's again, it's like that's not going to win. But that's something you know. As a screenwriter, I look at it and I really appreciate. It. I'm like, gosh, sure, that's a fucking original ass story. Sure, that and a nickel get you five cents, bro. Boom! Exactly. See, this is the problem. This is why. This is why navigating the Oscars is, is so difficult. Um, didn't see 20th Century Women. Me either. Lie. Me either. Not gonna lie. So Hell or High Water. You know, like like we were talking about it. It's good script. Um, yeah, um, but you know, nothing nothing amazing about it. So Manchester by the Sea for me was something where you know again again it's like being a father now. I'm much more affected by these kind of movies. But like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it going into it, mm-hmm. and when I realized that's what the movie was about, I was like, I was pretty fucked up about it. You know, I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like, I really identified with that. Right. And you know, I don't know that I've seen that version of that story. Um, and I did like. I thought there was such a good range of human emotion in that thing. You know, we talk about the laughs. Yeah. And and honestly it's like the, you know, I don't want to give anything away but like, you know, right there towards the end <clears throat> the quote unquote end of the movie. Yeah. Um 
you know, Casey Affleck's character says something, you know, he explains to the kid why he's made the choice he's made. And it was, it's such a simple line. And I, I, I you know, I was like, I, I really liked the way that was, it was put. Sure. You know. Okay. So that is your choice. I'm going with Manchester by this. Are you? Okay. I'm going La La Land. Here's where the change is. Okay. Good. I'm going La La Land. Okay. Tell me why. Because um, I, I think uh, as an original screenplay, I think all those elements uh, factor into it. I, I think I think you got to include the songs into that writing process in my mind. You know, I, I think it also did a great job of meshing old school with new school, which I think is a really hard thing to do from a writing point of view, where you have kind of very old timey feeling things and very modern jokes. Um, but also, it just comes down to that. I, I think that that, I think there's a, it's a, it's a very kind of simple yet um, compelling conflict. Uh, you normally you'll follow your love story and they'll fall in love and be happy. And this is more of like you got to choose, and that's a, a hard fucking choice. And they choose, and yeah. um, they, I think they brilliantly show you in a, almost a sad way what would happen if they chose the other direction. And then you realize what the choice was and you're like left with that thought at the end of like, did they choose right or did they not choose right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a great feeling to leave the the audience with. And I I think that comes from a lot of the, comes from the writing. But I I also think that that is the darling. I think that's going to, it's going to run the table. So I I think, I think it's going to win that category also. Well, well, that's why I think that Manchester by the Sea has a a chance. It's going to poke a hole in it. Because you know, I do think that Manchester by the Sea is is also a darling, yeah, and and but is not going to win. Okay, and so I think that's where they give it to Manchester by the Sea. Okay, all right, director. We've differed now, so now we don't do extra categories. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're good. We're good. I mean, we've got our. This is that's the piss in the foot one, right? Yeah. There. Uh, okay, director Damien Chazelle, Mel Gibson. Uh, Damien Chazelle's for La La Land. Bill Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Lonegren for Manchester by the Sea, and Denis Villeneuve. Arrival. I don't think that there's any competition in no, this category. I think Damien Chazelle runs away with it for yeah. the overall uh, composition. Yes. Music, song, dance, visuals, acting story, everything Yeah, comes together in this movie. And it's clearly his vision. It's a vision movie, which I think is good, you know. Are, are we are we folding? Are we are we just folding? Folding what? Are we going to fold the categories into each other? We can, yeah. Well, because most of the stuff I'm going to say about each one of these pictures would be uh, the same thing I say in the best picture competition. Yeah, no, I think we're on. I think we're on the same page. Okay, here. so best picture. There are nine: Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or Hell High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight. Uh, I I liked Arrival a lot. I think it's a super smart movie. But I think here's the problem. I mean, not not that's a problem, but like I watched it with my family, and um, that's three kids and my wife. And about an hour into it, I'm watching the movie. I'm watching the movie, and I turn to look at the rest of the family. See how they're doing? Every one of them's racked. Sure. <laughs> Even the ones who don't usually rack during movies, every right. single one of them is out cold because yeah. it's slow as shit. But it's interesting and smart to me. But I don't think it's... I figured it was like, oh, alien movie, they're going to be into it and whatever, but it's fucking slow as shit. Yeah, look, it's tough. I mean, story-wise, it's a pretty cool story. And Great. there are many plots, twists and turns, including a surprise ending. Yes. This is one of those ones where, like, 
there's a reason I think we're both why I think we're pretty certain that one of these movies is going to sweep it. Well, we've already talked about it. Right. We're talking about La La Land. <laughs> right. Right. Um, we're not kidding anybody. We're not kidding anybody here. I mean, look, here's here's the thing: is that like, for me, uh, it's not Hacksaw Ridge in terms of best director. Yeah. Um, it's not Hacksaw Ridge. You didn't see Hacksaw Ridge. Right, but like yeah. you, you know, it's like there's nothing compelling even from the trailers. I'm like, you know, I get it. I, you I know, I, I'll tell you this about Hacksaw Ridge, and, and it's something that I, I would be curious to see when you watch it because you know, I, I, you're definitely. I mean, Braveheart is one of your favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And it's a well, it's an incredibly well made and directed movie. This movie, the the great thing about it is, uh, it's an amazing true story. Like the true story of the guy that did this and the people involved is a real story. And like at the end of the movie, without giving anything away, some of the players involved are still alive and they have the real people on screen and they interview them. And you're right. like, holy shit, that's amazing. And it, ma- it makes you appreciate that this story actually happened and this person actually existed and this thing, uh, uh, this heroic courageous thing really happened but the problem is that there, this movie has has no nuance to it whatsoever which I felt weird for Mel Gibson because I think Mel Gibson is a really good director it had no nuance Nuance. it was a one note story it was a one note story which they hammered yeah. you on um, they spent the first 45 minutes of the movie setting this character up Yet they didn't set up the reasons for why he does what he does when he gets into the military. They give you some of the reasons in flashbacks in the military, but all the shit they lead up to going to that thing, they don't give it to you. And so you're watching the movie and you're like, why is this guy such a, an avid uh, Christian and religious and whatever? And you don't, I think you're not appreciating it. And I just I couldn't get past that one no, yeah. lack of nuance thing. Here's really what it comes down to for me in terms of this year this year it's just going to be a bloodbath like i think it's <laughs> i think la la land from the the minute la la land starts yeah and i i can't remember i think it might have been you i think i might have seen la la land first and then said told you like you know it's funny cuz like this is the kind of thing we we sometimes make fun of like yes. big showy Absolutely. I did not think that I would like La La Land as much as I did. Yeah, and literally it's like the first 10 seconds of the movie, you're like, oh my God, is it really going to be like this? <laughs> right. And at the end of the opening sequence, you're like, holy shit, that was phenomenal. Yes. From, a, from like a filmmaking point of view, from like the ability to pull something off and put your vision on the screen. And I mean, some of that stuff that he accomplished in that thing is unbelievable. You're like, how the fuck did he do that? And pull that together, and you know. And he's such a young guy who hasn't made a shitload of movies, and it's like you're like, the vision is so strong, and the filmmaking is so uh, competent, and, and you know, it's like you're like, holy shit, how did he do that? And that opening scene is the one that does it. Like, and you know, I, I know that and I talk to people who uh, watch it, and maybe they watch it for different reasons. They want to like the music or whatever it is, and they don't. They don't see where the edits are in that opening scene, or or where the edits aren't are in the opening scene. So they maybe don't. That's not something that they give a shit about. But I think when we watch it, certainly now for me, I've been sitting in an editing room for three weeks. And I will watch, and I'll be like, no cuts, no cuts, no cuts. And you know, whatever these days there are fake cuts. But I'm like, holy shit! I mean, this is just an incredible accomplishment. I think you know, in terms of our uh, you know the conversation, the points you were making in the original screenplay um, category. This is a situation where there are, you know, there are things that are on the page there, but it still requires the vision 
to pull them off. You know, yeah. a lot of these dance sequences. Um, to me, it was just like <clears throat> when the movie was over. I mean, all through the movie, when the movie was over, I was just like, unbelievable. Even like there's an animated sequence in there. Mm-hmm. Like that to me was more of like a directing masterpiece. Yeah. You know, it is a good story and it is nuanced and there are things that are very identifiable, but like, it's just like, yeah. I mean, that guy had every fiber of that, of that film figured out. Yeah. That's all mapped out. I mean, the way he used lighting, the way he shifted lighting in the middle of scenes, uh, the camera work. I mean, you're like, it's funny that you talk about the, the lighting changes during the middle of the scenes. There were times like when my wife and I were watching the movie where like we started going back, we're like, did the light just change in the middle of that fucking scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were times we'd go back and it wouldn't change. And we'd be like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I swear to God it changed. <laughs> and there were times we're like, there, there, it happened right there. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think that Manchester by the Sea, that was an early, that was one that was in early uh, conversations about uh, winning Best Picture. And it certainly is a fantastic movie. Yes, but you can't – this is just one of these years where it's like it's like Mike Tyson in his prime. Like he's just coming in with a towel, with his head through a hole in a towel, yeah. knocking people out <laughs> in 30 seconds. And it's like – Because also it plays to the audience. Like it, the people who are voting for these Oscar things love that shit. Yeah. Love the musicals and the old-timey feel of things and Hollywood and whatever. They love that shit. And also, you know, I think it goes a little bit to what we were talking about at the very beginning. It's like you're saying you should call them the Mopies. Yeah. Yes. It's the only one that – this is a bright, you know. It's it's bright and it's fun and it's entertaining. And also, aside from just film, in terms of our real life, I mean, honestly, the last year has just been fucking bullshit of like politics. Yeah. Trying to get movies made. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know, in terms of like in the United States of America, like yeah. right now, it's nice to have to go to a movie and just be entertained. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's value in that. And, there and, is. You know, like, That's why everyone should I go see sometimes. Super Troopers too. <laughs> yeah, it's great to just laugh and have a good time. Yeah, and, and just check your brain at the door, bro. Um, All right, let's give these other movies their due just because, you know, whatever. So... Uh, Moonlight, we both really liked a lot. I wanted to like it more. I wanted to rip my fucking heart out, but it didn't. It didn't do that for me because there's no. It doesn't go third act. I feel like. Yeah. And then also, I feel like. Did you feel this way? Like from kid number two to kid number three, I didn't buy it. You didn't buy it. I didn't buy the tall, thin, spindly high school kid to the gold teeth, jacked fucking dude. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, no way. It's not the same fucking. It's not. A, you can't even believe it's the same person. I see. I see. Did you have that issue? I, you know what? I usually do have that issue. That's funny that I, <laughs> I usually do have that issue. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that until just now as you say that to me. I, and it's not that I disliked, disliked the actors in any way. I was just like, when they, when the, when third kid shows up, third stage yeah. of the kid shows up on screen, I'm like, what? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I guess I just chalked that up to like. Well, they tried to say like he lifted a lot of weights in prison or something. Yeah, like they happened. had a they had a throwaway line for it, or whatever. But I was like, "Come on!" The other kid was like a big, lanky, like six foot four fucking beanpole. This dude's like a five ten pit bull. <laughs> I guess I was just like, you know, it's he's just one of those dudes that just changed. I guess so. Pulled me out a little bit there. Okay. And then no third act pulled me out. 
that's Man- the big one. Manchester Sea by the Sea, great movie, great feeling. Also, no third act, which was my problem. Lion, you really should watch Lion. I, 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 I it was the last one of these that I watched, and um, the true story nature of it is really uh, impressive. And the the reality is, there's not quite enough content to really make a feature length movie out of this. Like, it really gets into the middle and spins its wheels, and you're like, okay. Okay, get to it. Get to it. You know what I mean? And you're sitting there for a long time saying that. And uh, so that was part of the problem. But it really, in terms of the gut-wrenching element of it, I think more so than any of these movies to me. And maybe it's the parenting thing. But yeah, you, got, you should watch it. It's a, it's a, it's a well-done movie. Uh, Hidden Figures, I thought, was a good story. Like Hacksaw Ridge, amazing. That is a true story. Amazing, a true story I didn't know much about. And it deserves to be told because of the true story element of it. But I thought it was kind of a very kind of like, you know, by the numbers movie. Although I thought Kevin Costner was great in it. Yeah, he was great. I really liked Kevin Costner in a lot. I actually, I mean, I liked, I liked everybody. Like, I like Octavia Spencer. I like Janelle Monet. Yeah. I like her as a singer, as like as a performer. And I thought she did a good job of being, you know. A singer who becomes an actor. I, yeah. I thought she did a good job. It just, um, you know, again, it's like story-wise, look, it, it, you know, it's straightforward. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. I'm not talking about the story, but just Very like, you know, sort of like your Hacksaw Ridge. Thing. Yeah. It's like, Same thing. Yeah. Um, That's why it deserves to be told and it deserves its credit. I mean, Fences, we talked about a bunch. Yeah. Fences to me, is, you know, it's like, it's, it's, that's more of an acting. That's more of an acting piece. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also a directing piece in the sense that you know he maybe got shafted a little bit because I think to to take on that size of an acting role and to direct the movie that's a hard thing to do. Uh, um, all right. So the reality is, are we both picking La La Land? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. but that's the obvious. I mean, that's too. I know it. Same with the picture and director. We we're both pitching La La Land. Okay. So the only chain difference we have is original screenplay. Yes. And someone is going to win and someone is going to lose. I have said what I said, Manchester by the Sea, and you said yeah. La La Land. Yes. Okay. What if none of them? Oh, right. We've never had that happen before. Yeah. One of them is definitely going to win, unless yeah. they give it to. Um, Hell or High Water is the only one. The I Lobster for being so original. I haven't seen it. The Lobster. The Lobster. The fucking Lobster. Um, all right. Well, there you have it. Okay. So. so same bet. Piss on the foot? Same bet. Piss on the foot. Comes down to original screenplay. Well, I've been pissed on now. Twice. And I bet by more people than me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the Oscar thing. Boy, I hope people give a shit. I hope we didn't bore people to death with our our, uh, educated movie discussion, Steve. Mm, mm. This is heavy shit here. I'm going to eat some movie popcorn on the way out. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Can I do that too? Um, I did. I did have a bunch of movies. I actually went to the movies last weekend for the first time in a while. What'd you say? Well, what'd you think I saw? I went with my kids. I mean, what the fuck do you think I saw? Uh, Batman Lego. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went and watched that in Miami on a rainy day. Oh, okay. I I didn't like it at all. Um, I <laughs> was on the younger boy duty, and so I left after ten minutes. Oh, okay. I racked my, for a half an hour in the middle of it. I wanted, because I, I wanted to. Because huh? I wanted to. There's just too much shit going on on the screen. It's like too much mm. fucking overload. Like they try to smush as much crazy shit onto the screen as they possibly can. It's it's too much. And then to spend an hour and forty five minutes trying to give a shit about like a face, like a like an emotionless <laughs> um, toy 
character. Sure. You're like, okay. I, I mean, I'll go for like 15 minutes. The jokes, I get it. It's a great idea, but this is how Warner Brothers can do a funny Batman movie by combining it with this other thing. Yeah. But um, I didn't like it at all. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I only watched 10 minutes of it. I'm sorry. You know what I did? You know what I did watch, which I really, really liked? Yeah. And, uh, and it has an Oscar nomination, is the movie Trolls. The, um, the animated yeah, yeah so it's Mike Timberlake, Mitchell, our boy Mike Mitchell, and, yeah. so, and Timberlake has a, a nominated song. Yeah, that that movie fucking rocks. Oh really? I, I'll watch that movie. I'll watch that movie. Dude, that movie rocks. Batman Lego, not so much. No, no, Trolls is dope. Okay, I'm gonna see that. Although you know what, I I so I, so in my doldrums, basically I decided to eat popcorn, and uh, my wife had took the bag away from me in, in about fifteen twenty minutes into the movie to get me to stop eating the popcorn. I'm gonna eat popcorn now. Yeah, I'm going to eat some popcorn, too. There's nothing she can do about it. Heavily buttered. <laughs> okay, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the Oscars. All right. We'll, we'll post the, uh, the pissing video next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com.